New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of mind, body, psyche, and spirit, and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. Zen Hanukkah is a mother who educated herself about the current state of our world food supply, how it affects our dinner table, how it affects the health of everyone we love. Through her research, she became painfully aware of the chemicals in the food we eat and the body supplies we use, their origin, and their effects on the health of humans and animals. There is a wealth of research available by respected scientists, journalists, and experts who have been ferreting out examples regarding the manufacturing of glyphosate and genetically modified organisms known as GMOs and the use of pesticides embedded in our food, which are injurious to our health. Today, we'll be exploring the health dangers of GMOs and what we can do about it with our guest, Zen Hanukkah. Zen Hanukkah is a mother of three boys whose health has dramatically improved by avoiding GMOs and related toxins and going organic. She's the instigator of the first consumer glyphosate testing project in America and founding executive director of Moms Across America, a national coalition of unstoppable moms. Their motto is, Empower Moms, Healthy Kids. This organization has established the Moms Across America Gold Standard. Zen Hanikat is the author of Unstoppable, Transforming Sickness and Struggle into Triumph, Empowerment, and a Celebration of Community. Join us for the next hour as we explore the landscape of our current food supply and what we can do about it with our guest, Zen Honeycutt. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to New Dimensions. Zen, welcome. Thank you so much, Justine, and thank you to all of your listeners. Oh, thank you for coming and taking the time out to be with us in our studio. I would like to go back to the beginnings, Moms Across America. What stimulated you to get into this in the first place? Well, that's a good question. I did not start out wanting to be an activist. I simply started out curious about what was going on with my children. And what was happening with them is that they were sick. Like millions of mothers across America today, I was struggling with them, with their autism symptoms life-threatening food allergies, autoimmune issues, and asthma. 
And my three boys were suffering in ways that I, my husband and I never experienced. So I was really wondering what the heck is happening. And I looked into the food supply and discovered that GMOs, genetically modified organisms, and other toxins were in the food supply. And the more that I learned about them, the more I discovered that they must have something to do with my children's health issues. So it was back in July of 2012 when I saw Robin O'Brien do her TED Talk, Patriotism on a Plate, and then Jeffrey Smith's movie, Genetic Roulette. And from then, I decided to get involved. I joined Pam Larry's Label GMOs movement and worked to label GMOs here in California with Prop 37. And at the end of that initiative, when it did not pass on election night, I thought to myself, you know, what else could we do? Because it wasn't enough for me that the initiative failed. What was that initiative about? GMO labeling. Back in in uh, 2012, we were working on that. And so that it was asking that making it a law that it, labeling had to, had to be on all packages. Yes, because what, what I learned in the process was that I had been feeding my children GMOs for nine years and, and had, had no s- idea. And so we, what we wanted was it to say on the package produced with genetic engineering so that consumers would know that there are genetically modified organisms in the food supply. And we thought that was a simple enough ask, you know, but uh, that did not pass uh, due to the opposition, you know, very large food companies spending about $100 million to oppose us. And this is because they didn't want consumers to know that GMOs were in the food because they knew that consumers, for the most part, would wonder what is that and perhaps not want to eat that food. And we think that people should be able to know what's in their food, have access to safe food, and not to have to be concerned about health issues with what's in their food. Before we really get into that, mm-hmm. going back to your story, you yes. said that you started like Robin O'Brien and Jeffrey Smith mm-hmm. and these people, mm-hmm. Pam, Larry, mm-hmm. uh, that you were kind of finding these people, yes. and you knew that your sons were suffering, and you had some curiosity about that. Mm-hmm. Go with the story right there. What yeah. what what then got you to actually? jump into the river, so to speak. So that night on election night, when it didn't pass, I realized that the woman, the volunteer that was leading the whole initiative in my area in Southern California, she was acknowledging what everybody had done. And and I realized that, yeah, I passed out flyers and I helped out and that was good, but I wasn't a leader like her. Nothing wrong, just I didn't take on leadership. And I thought, what if I took on leadership? I knew my actions would be different, right? It would have been more than than passing out a few flyers. And I thought, what if I took on that I'm the one to transform the food supply? Like, what if I really took on leadership about this? I didn't, and I don't mean me by myself, because clearly it would take thousands and thousands, if not millions of people to transform the food supply. But if I didn't wait for someone else to do it, you know, if I didn't have it in my head, oh, I'm too busy, someone else is going to do that. No, what if I said I'm responsible for the food supply, my choices, my actions? So I did that, and the next day I began to wonder, what would that look like? What would, if, if I could reach as many people as possible in the shortest amount of time, 
what would that look like? And I thought of 4th of July parades. And because they are in almost every town, almost in every county at least, across the nation, they're family-friendly, they're fun, they're affordable. People actually want to look at your banner. It's not like a protest where people just sort of try to look away right away. And they're accessible. You know, they're pretty much everywhere. So I put together this website. We only, we got a $2,000 donation from a non-GMO seed company that's, that thought this was a great idea, put that up. And within four months, Moms Across America was reaching on Facebook over 300,000 people a week. And it just really, it exploded. So we had 179 groups join into 4th of July parades for our very first initiative and uh, we believe that they reached over 2 million people in person. How did you reach out to that many groups for that, that parade? So I just put it on Facebook. And, you know, once I had the website, I was able to post about it on Facebook and t- a little bit on Twitter. I didn't even have Instagram at the time, I don't think. And just started saying, hey, guys, do you want to join in a 4th of July parade and let people know about GMOs? And it, it took off, you know, especially in states like California and Washington and Florida. They had dozens of people in parades. And so we had uh, 179 in 37 states the first year. And then over the past last five years, we've been around for six years now, but I remember that at, at the five-year point, we reached 600 uh, hosts or leaders that have caused over a thousand events on all 50 states. And that's only the events that are posted on our website. There are many people who have had events that didn't post it, or they went to their local farmer's market and passed out flyers. You know, they didn't make that an event, right? They, they may have had a, a movie night in their home and didn't feel comfortable posting their home address. So that's considered an event. And so we have supplied over half a million flyers for people to directly give to their friends, their families, to put in their libraries, their senior centers, their community centers, centers, and we are really happy about the local activism that we have inspired. Even though uh, we never set out to want to be activists, and most of our supporters wouldn't consider themselves activists, they they simply care about their families, they care about their communities. And I think for the most part, they have understood that it's not enough for our families or for my family to eat organic because my son's future spouses are out there somewhere. And I want them and their future spouse, you know, their future spouses to be able to procreate someday and to have healthy families. So that means this is a community issue. Everybody needs to know. So let's talk a little bit now about that. What do they need to know and what have you discovered? So so when you talk about organic, you talk about GMOs. And so help us understand what, what does the field look like right now? Great question. So I'd like to start off by saying what are the three types of GMOs? And I'll explain it as simply as possible. And I just want to let everybody know, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but I have had the privilege of speaking with world-renowned scientists and doctors and farmers and lawyers and researchers from around the world over the past six years. And you can find 
the majority of that information on our website, momsacrossamerica.org, under data. But I'll explain that GMOs are, there's three kinds. The first one is called BT, and that stands for bacteria therogenesis, which is a um, toxin that's taken out of the carcass of a grain caterpillar, this toxin, and it's put into, for instance, soy or corn. And there it's been, it's been previously genetically engineered in, 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 the, in between to become a little toxin factory. So it produces more and more and more and more toxin, and eventually it punctures a hole in the stomach of that bug that eats it, and then the bug will die. So normally, bacteria therogenesis or BT toxin, it just dissipates. It just dies out, right? So they use it on organic farming, but it, it, it becomes ineffective after about four hours. But inside of a GMO plant, it's constantly reproducing more toxins. Because it's been genetically altered. Yes. It's been genetically engineered in a lab, and then it's been inserted into the DNA of the uh, of the plant, right, of the seed. And so when that plant grows, every single cell of that plant has the BT toxin in it. So a, a, a bug can bite the stem or the corn or the actual, you know, uh, any part of it, the husk, and its stomach will eventually explode and it will die. Now, this is corn that goes into our tortillas and our, you know, the grain feed that cows and pigs eat. And it is extremely harmful to the gut impact in, in environment. Okay, we're going to get really more more into this in just one moment. But mm-hmm. I want to just remind our listeners mm-hmm. that I am here with Zen Honeycutt, and she is the founder director of Moms Across America. And if you want to know all of this, because it's I know it's a lot of information coming at our listeners. And we're going to talk about why that's important in a moment. But to, the website is momsacrossamerica.org. So, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. with Zen Honeycutt, and she is the executive director of Moms Across America and author of Unstoppable, Transforming Sickness and Struggle into Triumph, Empowerment, and a Celebration of Community. And Zen, we're talking about the three GMOs, Mm -hmm. and that first one, the BT, I think you said. Now, that's a patented 
technology. Uh, technology now, and yes. it's just proliferating, right? Well, the manufacturers such as Monsanto that made the original genetically modified BT toxin seeds, they, of course, sell them to farmers now, which is completely different. Farmers used to be able to grow their own crops, harvest a few of their corn, you know, corn, let them dry, and then use those seeds the next year. Now they buy their seeds from Monsanto or from other, you know, Dow, DuPont, and Syngenta, ChemChina, and they pay up to 375% more for those seeds. Those are technology fees. So not only are they purchasing seeds that grow plants with soy or corn that have toxins built right in, they're paying more money for it. And they're told that they can't replant those seeds every year. So every year they have to buy new seeds and really, it's it's another form of serfdom. I mean, they are now beholden to these chemical companies that sell them both the seeds and the chemicals that are sprayed on them, which gets me to my next the next GMO. The next GMO is called HT, or herbicide-tolerant GMOs, meaning they're genetically engineered to withstand herbicides, such as Roundup, being sprayed directly on the crop. And the weeds. So these are like Roundup is kind of it's a weed killer. Well, yes. there it's it's touted as a weed killer. Yes, it's it's the most widely used weed killer in the world. There are 750 brands that are like Roundup, meaning they are glyphosate based. And what when I say glyphosate based, that's the one declared active chemical ingredient in it. There's many other ingredients which are a thousand times more toxic than Roundup, but they're considered glyphosate-based. So wait, they, wait, when you say declared, mm-hmm. so there are other things in there that we don't even know? Yes, absolutely, that the manufacturer can say are proprietary, but scientists such as Sarah Lini in France have tested those other ingredients. They call them adjuvants um, or co-formulants, and they are actually a thousand times more toxic than glyphosate. But glyphosate is the one that is looked at and is approved and is tested in order for EPA approval. So these glyphosate-based herbicides are sprayed directly on the crop, let's say a field of 5,000 acres of corn, and all the weeds will die. It's very effective that way, but the corn will not. Now, the problem is, is that the residues get on that corn, on the soy, um, and, uh, and sugar from sugar beets, which is almost all of the sugar, that's sugar beets that are grown in the U.S. now are GMO. And those residues will get into our food supply because here's the, here's the catch. Glyphosate-based herbicides do not wash off. They get into the cells of the plant. Yes, when I found this out, I was very angry. Oh, my goodness. Because I was busy washing my plants thinking that, I mean, you know, herbs and vegetables and all of that. And I thought that we were washing off the pesticides. But this herbicide gets into the plant. So this HT, or some people call it Roundup Ready, GMOs comprise of 80% of the GMOs in the food supply. And currently, it's anywhere between 85 to 100% of major crops, corn, soy, sugar, canola, are GMO in the U.S. So our agriculture industry right now is predominantly GMO, and it's been this way for about 20 years now. Now, the third type of GMO, they move away from the chemicals, so to speak, and, and, and uh, those, those toxic effects. And they genetically engineer, I call it DT, for desired trait. 
They genetically engineer them to have a desired trait, such as the potato, the Simplot potato, which does not show browning. They say that it's it doesn't brown. You don't see the bruising and all of that. And the, the, to be really clear, you don't see the bruising or the browning. The book by Caius Roman, who was a whistleblower, he helped actually invent the genetically modified potato. He exposed he inv- it. He invented it. He helped invent it. And, and now and he's he exposed saying, uh-oh. it. And he called the book Pandora's Potatoes. It's no longer available on Amazon for some reason, but it was out for a few months. I did get a copy and I got to see that he showed that actually what happened, it's kind of like, you know, when your friends used to tie your shoelaces together as a trick. So if you got up out of your chair, you would stumble. Well, they do that with the mechanism in the potato that shows the browning and the bruising. So they trip it up. So they stop it. They mask it from being shown. So the potato is still browning or bruising or rotting and you simply don't see it. And so this Simplot potato is being used in restaurants all across America because it doesn't have to be labeled and it can just be in your French fries or your mashed potatoes. And it could actually be from potatoes that are browning and bruising, but the restaurant owner simply doesn't see it. And that's a desired trait type of GMO. And the problem I have with that is that those genetic modifications can actually cause genetic mutations. And as a mother, I've got I mean, homework, genetic, genetic in, mutations. In, in humans? Well, they, can, they cause them in the food. So okay. if they're causing that genetic mutations in the food, my question is, could they be doing that in my child? And I've got homework and school and errands to run. I don't want to have to worry about feeding my children something that could cause genetic mutations. Right. Simply exactly. not interested in that. Exactly. Now, this is, this is one of the reasons I know that you advocate and many people advocate why we should know more science. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we don't want to hear this and we don't want to do all of this again and learn all of this. But one of the things that moms across America are doing for us, mm-hmm. this is really exciting, I think, is this gold standard so you and all your researchers and the scientists that you're part of, that are part of your organization, they're going to put out like, well, some of us understand this as the good housekeeping seal of approval, you know, <laughs> the gold standard. And talk, talk about the gold standard and what yeah, that's going to be. Absolutely. Well, and I love that you did say understanding the science because that's that's how it all comes together for me is understanding what's going on with our food supply and as you grocery shop, we're all seeing more and more different types of certifications, you know, vegan and gluten-free and organic and non-GMO project verified and fair trade and all of these different certifications. And it's wonderful to see those. Um, However, Moms Across America has learned that there are some, you know, places that there's things that are missing, you know, for instance, additional pesticide testing to organic, you know, so many people, don't you often ask, is it really organic? Well, with the Moms Across America Gold Standard, you will know that it's not only organic, but it's had additional pesticide testing at the four-star level. Now, so you, the, you went over that really fast. Sure. Organics are not tested for pesticides. So when we see something that's saying organic... We can't be assured that it hasn't been sprayed with Roundup or something. No, no, no. Let, let me be specific okay. about that. Okay. Organic mm-hmm. means no GMOs. They're not allowed. And no toxic pesticides like Roundup are allowed. They're not allowed. And 
the, for the most part, these farmers do not use them. You will not find in them. It is much safer at the level, thousands of times lower. If there's any detectable level of those pesticides or GMOs in organic, it's thousands of times lower than conventional. So it's always better to buy organic. However, there has been some times when uh, organic has shown to be contaminated at low levels. And let's face it, as the big boys come into this marketplace, there's more and more fraud. Right? There are shipments coming over from other countries importing GMO soy that ends up being, you know, conventional soy that could end up being labeled as organic. So our moms are just very concerned about that, especially moms with children with autoimmune issues, where they really want to make sure they're giving them pure food because their child could have a reaction if the food is not organic. And if I've experienced that myself with my children. And so we ask at the, there's three tiers of the Moms Across America Gold Standard. And the first tier for three stars, we ask that there be no additives like red food dyes and, you know, just the regular junk that we don't want in our food and uh, carangenin, things like that. And then we want it to be certified organic. And there's many different certifiers for organic and we will accept them. And we would like it to be glyphosate tested because glyphosate is the most widely used herbicide in the world. And the organic certifiers right now don't consistently require testing for glyphosate. So we would like that extra level and assurity of that testing. And there's a certification from the detox project. It's called glyphosate residue free that we include at this three tier level, which we appreciate. At the fourth tier level, we would like it to be also verified for non-GMO. And that's the non-GMO project verification. And if it's GMO, for instance, if it's coconut milk and there's no GMO on the market, it doesn't need to be non-GMO project verified, right? Um, we also would like additional heavy metal and pesticide testing. That's where I mentioned at the fourth, the four star um, level, we want the additional heavy metal and pesticide testing. And if it's an animal product, we would like it to be humanely raised. Mm -hmm. We want to be taking care of the animals. At the five-star level, this is the highest level, our moms would like it to be fair trade or fair labor. Now, if, if you're a local company, it simply means having a signed affidavit, you know, um, uh, sworn uh, statement that your workers are being paid fair labor mm -hmm. and fair trade in good environments. And we would like the packaging to be I call low to no pollution packaging, or you could simply say eco-friendly packaging, meaning either bioplastics, biodegradable, made from 100% recycled materials, or glass, you know, that is recyclable. And then finally, we would like you to either use regenerative ag or biodynamic farming, um, farmed products or support regenerative agriculture and biodynamic farming with a, a small percentage of sales. It's 0.25% of sales. So for instance, a company that sells $20 million worth of products will need to donate $50,000 to a nonprofit, which actually has programs to transition farmers from GMO chemical farming to regenerative ag or biodynamic. And, and those two types of farming actually regenerate the soil, improve the soil quality, the nutrients, and its ability to sequester carbon, which reduces climate change. And, and it also allows it to absorb more water. So you're reducing the, the effects of drought 
and you're you're just all around improving and regenerating and healing the planet and the plant and the people and all the wildlife and marine life involved. So this is about making food and products that are not only good for our families, but they're good for the planet. You know, uh, Zen, just hearing the five levels mm-hmm. of the gold standard, mm-hmm. just if anyone goes to the website and just reads those five levels, that's an education in and of itself. Just what you went through right there, mm-hmm. it was tremendous. It was tremendous. And, Thank you. And it was a lot to take in, too. So yes. that's why I'm saying people go to the website and look up the gold standard, and you're going to get, I know I, am, I have gotten so much education <laughs> about what it is that is put into our foods and what we don't know about. And uh, I want to I want to talk about uh, that in just uh, more about that in just mm-hmm. one moment. I want to remind our listeners, I'm here with Zen Honeycutt, and she's the founding executive director of Moms Across America, and the author of Unstoppable: Transforming Sickness and Struggle into Triumph, Empowerment, and a Celebration of Community. And our website is monsacrossamerica.org, or you can get there through New Dimensions, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. here with Zen Honeycutt. She spells her name Z-E-N Honeycutt, H-O-N-E-Y-C-U-T-T, Zen Honeycutt. And she's the founding director of Moms Across America and author of Unstoppable, Transforming Sickness and Struggle into Triumph, Empowerment, and a Celebration of Community. And Zen, before we go further, I just want to ask you, how are your boys? Oh, that's a great question. Well, once I learned everything that I just shared with you about GMOs, I mean, I learned at least some of that because it's been a long process to learn all of that. I uh, eliminated GMOs from my child's diet, especially when he came to me and said, Mom, I really wish my allergies would go away. He had been suffering for months with this red line around his mouth. His lips were puffed up and swollen and flaky and even bleeding at some point. And we had tried every different kind of doctor we could, and they didn't know what to do about it. And when he came to me and said, Mom, I wish all my allergies would go away, I said, me too, buddy. But in my head, I was thinking, that's never going to happen because the doctors had said they were only going to get worse. But then I realized what I was saying in my head, and I was like, that's pretty resigned and doubtful, and that's not who I am. I'm really committed to being creative and courageous and making a contribution to people. And I thought, what if we could do something about this? So I thought of a cousin that had eliminated gluten and then was able to, a year later, eat some gluten at birthday parties and things like that now and then. And I said to my son, Ben, Ben, would you like to be able to eat a slice of pizza at a birthday party a year from now? And he said, yes. And I said, well, then would you be my partner in your health? Would you drink green drinks and try alternative therapies and all of that? And he said, yes. And I said, then I promise you, buddy, 
you will get better. And I shook his hand and we made a deal. And he did. Within four months of having green drinks, eating no GMOs, we, we went looked for the little non-GMO Project Verified label at the time that was my focus. And his allergies reduced. His The line around his mouth was a faint pink line that lasted only two days instead of two weeks. And then later on when my son had, my second son had autism symptoms, we discovered glyphosate in his urine at the same type time of autism symptoms. We went all organic because we realized that not only were GMOs being sprayed with glyphosate, but non-GMOs are sprayed with glyphosate as well as a drying agent, certain crops like wheat and peas and legumes and beans. Now, So at the end of that process, they spray it to make sure that mold doesn't get in it, right? That's, and to dry it out. And to dry it out. Yes, yes. And wheat, so peas, beans, oats, legumes, garbanzo beans. But and they're so, still non-GMO. They're still non-GMO, yeah. So this is why buying non-GMO Project Verified is really not enough in my perspective because it could be non-GMO Project Verified but also sprayed with glyphosate. Right. So these crops that are not organic can be sprayed with glyphosate as a drying agent. And my middle son at the time was eating wheat. My other two sons had gluten intolerance. They had all kinds, 21-something different food allergies and intolerances. And and so the middle son was, was still eating wheat now and then, and all of a sudden he develops these autism symptoms. And we discovered that there's eight times higher the amount of glyphosate in his urine than was found anywhere in Europe through this glyphosate testing that I initiated. My son was the first one tested. And so when I discovered that, we were like, whoa, it must be what's contributing to his autism symptoms because glyphosate has been shown to destroy the beneficial gut bacteria, which can lead to an overgrowth of pathogenic gut bacteria, which can lead to inflammation in the brain, right? Because the bad bugs in the gut tells the brain, the microglia cell in the brain to go on attack and it creates inflammation. So we eliminated wheat from his diet. We went 100% organic. And of course, the whole family went organic. And the benefit was six weeks later, we retested my son. His, his glyphosate levels were no longer detectable. And his autism symptoms were gone and have never come back. Amazing. And in addition, my older son with the life-threatening allergies, his allergies went from a 19 to nuts down to a 0.2. So he no longer has life-threatening allergies. I have peace of mind. My sons are able to perform in school, be happy, have friends. My third son, who has had a life-threatening peanut allergy, hasn't had any health issues at all in years. Well, this just reminds me, Zen, that we hear so much about how children now are coming up with all these things, uh, chronic illnesses, um, their um, ADA, what is it called, ADHD, you know, uh, syndrome, as you say, food allergies, autism. They're coming up with all sorts of things. And there's, there's this one that um, they, they don't test for. They just start giving these kids all this medication, and they are really suffering with something called streptococci. Yes, or, pandas and or, yes, it's... It's a psychological um, and neurological disorder, and which can happen right after getting strep. And it's called PANDAS. P-A-N-D-A-S. Yes, P-A-N-D-A-S. Yes, Those are the or PANS, P-A-N-S. So that's the acronym for it. Yes. Anybody can look that up. Yes, you can look that up. But doctors don't test for this this uh, infection right. that they actually have. Yeah. They just say, oh, it's some sort of behavioral learning disorder. Or, I mean, first, most people say, oh, it's a phase. 
And that's what we thought with our son when he had autism symptoms. He's just always oh, just going through a phase. But I, but I said, and, my, and his teacher said, no, there is something going on with him. So we took him to the doctor. And what the doctor did was test his urine for fungus and bacteria. And I said, why are you doing that? He said, well, because sometimes an overgrowth of bad bacteria in the gut, and which shows up in the urine, can cause inflammation in the brain. Good doctor there. Yes. You went to a really good doctor. Well, he was an autism doctor, and I went to him because he spaced out the vaccines. It was, you know, one at a time, and which I think did help my children. And he, he was really focused on the bacteria and the fungus and the overgrowth in the gut. And when we were able to detect that, my son had C. diff. He had a what is C. diff? It's a Clostridia difficile. It can kill people. It's a bacteria that, when it's there's an overgrowth of it in the gut, can cause extreme diarrhea, diarrhea, and really it can kill people. And so he had very high levels of fungus and bacteria in his gut that needed to be dealt with. And at the time, we did use some Western medical compound medicine to deal with that, but we also went organic and eliminated all sugar so that the, the sugar wouldn't feed the bad bacteria in the gut. Right. And so f- only six weeks of that, though, and his autism symptoms went away, and they never came back. And I attribute it never coming back to the fact that we continue to eat organic and low-sugar diets. Yeah. Going back, thank you for, mm-hmm. for that. I'm glad your sons are doing so well. Thank and, you. And, and, and that you are leading the way, so to speak, of how we can, how mothers can deal with the, some of the problems yeah, of the their point children. Is, At least try it. The point is, is that I believe every family can improve their, their thinking, their learning, their behavior, and just how you feel. You know, in the gut is where your serotonin is stored and held. A lot of people don't know this. So if you destroy your beneficial gut bacteria, you're not only not able to feel as happy, you could have more mood swings, depressions, but also serotonin regulates insulin. So it can lead to diabetes if you don't have good levels of serotonin in your gut. So everybody benefits from having a good microbiome in your gut, good bacteria, and a balance of that. And just some easy tips for how to do that is eat more sauerkraut, Enjoy kombucha, add in some apple cider vinegar to your salad. These things actually get rid of glyphosate in your body and in the soil. It's been shown to do it in the soil, so we believe it will also do it in your body. And it balances out your gut bacteria and allows for the proliferation of beneficial gut bacteria. So that's an easy thing that you can do. What, so apple cider, vinegar, vinegar sauerkraut, sauerkraut, and, and kombucha. And kombucha. Yes. Fermented okay. foods are very good for growing the good bacteria in your gut. Okay, so I'm taking a note. You can hear me write my pen down. Okay, <laughs> okay. But, but this just reminds me that when we go into a store, there's all this stuff about non-GMOs and gluten-free and everything. You are, you've been working with General Mills, right? Or you, you t- well, what's I, going on there? Working with them is maybe not exactly how we, we originally sued them because oh, that's not exactly working with them. Yeah, no. <laughs> we originally sued them along with Beyond Pesticides and Organic Consumers Association. So you joined together with these other groups to sue yes. General Mills. Yes, because they said 100% natural on their packaging. Mm-hmm. We thought that was misleading because it also contained, you know, glyphosate and and uh, that we did not think that was appropriate to be on the packaging. And so they removed that. And then other groups also tested their foods, other Cheerios and other products for glyphosate and found glyphosate in many of their products. 
And there were many different consumer campaigns, you know, EWG, Green America, with GMO Inside, uh, EWG. GMO Environmental Working Group. Okay, thank you. Yeah, and I believe uh, GMO Free USA also did some testing. So there were many different groups that uh, contacted General Mills to, to make some changes. And we're so happy to hear this past week that a farmer that is a part of the sustainable program for General Mills exposed to Western Producer, a, a reporter at Western Producer, which is an agriculture magazine, that he was required to no longer use glyphosate as a drying agent for General Mills. So it's been confirmed that General Mills is actually going to great strides to reduce the amount of pesticides and herbicides in the ingredients from suppliers You know that uh, spray with pesticides and herbicides. They are requiring them to reduce that or eliminate it. And so we're very happy to hear that because General Mills is one of the largest food producers in the world and I'm sure impact you know, hundreds of thousands of acres of cropland. And that not only benefits the health of our children, and, and why we focus on children so much is because most people don't understand this. It, a, a, a child or a baby's kneecaps aren't even fully developed until three years old. So if their kneecaps aren't developed, that means that their livers and their kidneys, which detoxify toxins, aren't fully developed until three or even some people say 12 years old, the immune system isn't developed until then. So children are especially impacted by these toxins. And this is why we really focus on this because some people may eat a bowl of Cheerios or have a bowl of oatmeal and they, they feel kind of okay because their liver or kidney can detoxify. But a one-year-old or a two-year-old eating that will have a much greater impact on their body. And so it's very important that these foods that young children are eating are, are clean. Even if they can't be organic, we, we no longer want to have, we don't want them to be exposed to glyphosate exactly. at all. So this, this move by General Mills will support that. So we're happy about this because even families who can't afford to buy organic will soon not be exposing their children through glyphosate if more and more food companies like General Mills require that their suppliers stop spraying glyphosate and other toxic chemicals as a drying agent because they could use other toxic chemicals. So we want them to shift to a method which does not use toxic chemicals at all. They're beginning to do that. And that's a that's a win. That's a win yes. for all of us. It's for a win for the planet. It's a win for uh, living uh, humanness and all you know, it's a livingness for yeah, everybody and you mentioned the world i mean around the planet the consumers in italy actually spoke up last year and there's a campaign that happened it started this past january i believe 2019 yes in canada called the keep it clean campaign and so in canada they are encouraging all of their wheat growers to no longer use glyphosate as a drying agent across the whole country and so that they can then export their grains to italy and make safe pasta and, and pizza. <laughs> wow, fantastic. Yeah. So these are wins. Yes. I'm, I'm here with Zen Honeycutt. She's the founding executive director of Moms Across America. And if you want to know more about her work, I suggest you go to her very, very informative website, momsacrossamerica.org. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions.
here with Zen Honeycutt, and she's founding executive director of Moms Across America. And uh, Zen, we're talking about a win there when you talked about mm-hmm. General Mills. And uh, there's another win that recently happened, mm-hmm. and that was a court fight uh, about that weed killer Roundup mm-hmm. and Monsanto, the company Monsanto. Can you say something about that? Yes, we're so thrilled that the lawyers from Bond Headlam, Aristide Goldman, and many plaintiffs, there's now recorded uh, 50,000 plaintiffs that have come forward to sue Monsanto, but the original ones really had a lot of courage to go up against Monsanto. And the result is the first one got an over a $289 million award from the jury uh, because they found that th- that Monsanto's product Roundup was not properly, properly labeled to cause cancer with a warning label and that it did contribute to Lee Johnson's cancer. Um, it was later reduced to $80 million. But then there's been subsequent uh, cases, and the Pilioid couple that both used Roundup in their backyard was awarded $2 billion for uh, they both contracted non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And there are now, again, as I said, over over 50,000 that have uh, stepped up to sue Monsanto. In the process of that, they Monsanto sold out to Bayer for $63 billion. So Bayer, like we think of Bayer aspirin. Yes, in that, Germany. In, it's, a, it's, a German it's a pharmaceutical com- company in Germany that also has pesticides and herbicides. This is the problem. These big pharma companies also have... They're also they have sister companies that are big ag. These companies not only make the GMOs and the chemicals that make us sick, they also make the pharmaceuticals to make us quote unquote better. So it's a perfect profit circle for them. So I urge everybody to opt out of that profit circle by simply eating organic, whole food, organic, plant-based products as much as possible will get you out of that whole cycle of, of harm and having to be on medications. And just complete that cy- cycle of Monsanto. So mm-hmm. they stopped doing Roundup and they... Well, no, no, no. Okay. They sold out to Bayer. So Bayer oh, okay. is still selling Roundup. Oh, And okay. they are still claiming that it's safe, which is incredibly unwise. So what's happened with Monsanto? Is are they are they thriving? They are as no a longer. Comfort? No, they are no longer. They they sold out to Bear. Oh. So Bear took them over. So there is no Monsanto anymore. There is no Monsanto, but they do but, exist as far as the court cases go. But now the hidden sort of thing is that. It morphed into this other company now yes. that has taken over that whole uh, the whole line of products. products. Yeah, the smart thing to do would be for them to just completely discontinue the sale of Roundup and glyphosate-based herbicides. Do you, do you see that that might be the future that they? Would oh do yes, that? I, yeah. I believe that they'll they'll have to. The unfortunate yeah. thing will be they'll try to sell a, a different type of chemical, and we'll be back on this treadmill of toxic chemicals. But I believe more and more farmers are getting around the world are getting uh, keen to this and know that it really just sets. It's like another form of slavery, frankly. They're 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 feel beholden to use, compelled, you know, really trapped in this cycle of using these toxic chemicals in order. Like these chemicals have replaced labor. So instead right. of having cheap labor, you know, and having to pay for labor, they're using these chemicals, but it makes them trapped in this cycle and they can get out of it. It's challenging. It takes a couple of years to really 
segue out of it, but there are many brilliant farmer educators out there, like Advancing Eco Agriculture. There's many, you know, Bob Streit and Howard Fligger and Gabe Brown. And I mean, there's many different uh, farmers that are now farming in other ways and not using toxic chemicals. And you have to also know that, at least at present, Big ag is, big agriculture is also, or factory farms, whatever yes. you want to call them, mm-hmm. they um, have a lot of subsidies themselves yes. and tax breaks and all Our sorts of... Our taxpayer dollars yes. are paying them to grow toxic food. And, and whereas organic farmers don't have that advantage, no, they right? actually at have least to, now. They have to pay more money in order to get the certifications, so it is very challenging for organic farmers. That's why we encourage people to support organic as much as possible, pay the little extra money up front, because later you'll be paying way less, if nothing, for medical bills later. Exactly. I'd rather pay the farmer than the doctor. There you go. There you go. I know that you are also working with Japan, and your book is is available in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yes, that will be coming out in the fall. 2019. Yes, very soon. And so I'll be going to Japan and touring nine different cities and meeting with people all across the country, you know, politicians and farmers and moms in particular. You know, moms buy 85% of the food. So my focus is primarily on the moms. And I'm very excited about that coming out. And the reason why is because Japan has such a huge impact on the food supply. They actually own the largest grain distribution center in the world in New Orleans. And so that means they export hundreds of millions of tons of grains to, they import them to Japan, but they also distribute them to China and to Korea and Taiwan and many other countries around the world. And so Having the Japanese understand the impact of GMOs and monocrop culture on our soil and health on, you know, around the world is extremely important. And if we can make a difference in their perception of purchasing these GMOs and instead saying, listen, farmers, we no longer want this toxic chemicals. We want to give you a two or three year heads up that we're going to be segueing. We're, we are in the within that time. We're going to be purchasing regenerative, organic, agriculturally grown Grains, you know, organic and regenerative are ag. They, they could they, shift the world. They could they could low, decrease this carbon in the in the air and shift climate change. Do you feel that they are open to that? Do you feel a, an opening in receiving this information? So the people I speak to are very open. I, I have crowds of five hundred to a thousand people there. However. The president of Japan is currently not open. He is um, in a lot of talks with our president, Trump, and is actually opening up the marketplace to import GMOs. He is he is actually polluting the food supply in Japan. And so I'm very concerned about the politicians that we elect around the world that are, are corruptible, that they are able to be influenced by big ag and proponents of GMOs. So my request to everybody is to really look at who is your presidential candidate that you're looking at to elect. Are they funded by big ag, big oil, or big pharma? Because if they are, they are not your candidate. They are already bought. They will not make decisions in your best interest. So I ask you to demand better, demand democracy, and really only support political candidates that are funded by the people. 
because then they will make decisions for the people because their decisions are very important as far as food policy. Now, with that said, regardless of what they decide, the final decision is from usually the mother who picks up that food product in the grocery store and puts it on her table. And we're simply asking her to look look for the Moms Across America Gold Standard in the coming year. And if you don't see it, ask your favorite food manufacturer to get the Moms Across America Gold Standard. Because by doing that, by by having them go with the Moms Across America Gold Standard and shift their practices and use best practices, you will know that that food that you're feeding your family is not only better for your health, but it's better for the planet. And two-prong, though, I think, from what I understand about this whole issue, besides what we can do as a consumer of food and buying food for our family, going back to knowing the science, know, understanding it, and pressuring, always keeping the pressure on any of our elected officials. Yes. To, because to, they are not, they don't know about this. They, they're, they're, they're taking this, um, like, the, the conversation from what they're getting, like, from pharmaceuticals or from ag, big ag and stuff, and they're who have a lot of money for for lobbying, and so they're they're doing the education of these elected officials. So it's important that we, as the voters, really remind our elected officials, whether it's local mm-hmm. city councils, to a rep- state representatives, to to those in uh, the federal Congress. Keep educating people. Yes, keep yes. It. reach out to them and connect them, meet with them. If you haven't met your local representative or your local state senator, which is different from your federal senator, I urge you to make appointments with them and meet with them. They want to hear from you, and they also want support in the bills that they're trying to promote. So you really want to ask them, what can we do for you, and here's what you can do for me. And they are paid by us, you know, our taxpayer dollars. So they're working for us, and remember exactly. that. Exactly. So it's, I know a lot to take in mm-hmm. in this conversation we've had today. Zen, I really, really thank you. It's just it's an enormous subject, and there are many parts that we didn't even get to, uh, including uh, one that I had written down. Uh, Impossible Burgers was one oh. that I didn't even have written down. So yes. go to her website and look up Impossible Burgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, a little teaser for you. Uh, <laughs> and and to understand all of this, it just takes a while to take it in. But I, I assure all of us that together we can we can make a huge difference in the way people eat their health and the health of the planet. So I want to thank you so much, Zen, for being with us. This has been such a joy. I appreciate it so much. What a great interview, and, and thank you to all your listeners. Thank you. I've been here with Zen Honeycutt. She's the founding executive director of Moms Across America, and she's the author of Unstoppable, Transforming Sickness and Struggle into Triumph, Empowerment, and a Celebration of Community. And if you want to know more about her work, um, I totally encourage you to go to her website, momsacrossamerica.org. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms.
You've been listening to New Dimensions. This is program number 3692. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. You can also subscribe to our free weekly podcasts and find over a thousand hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive. New Dimensions is produced by New Dimensions Radio in Santa Rosa, California, USA. Our executive producer is Justine Willis-Toms. Our post-production editor is Lou Judson. This program was recorded at Strawberry Hill Productions, a full-service podcast production studio in Novato, California. We sincerely thank all of you who have supported us by being members of Friends of New Dimensions, as well as members of our affiliate stations. My name is Dan Drayson. On behalf of everyone at New Dimensions, whose endeavors make this program possible, I'm wishing you well. New Dimensions Radio is an independent producer supported by listener contributions. To find out more about the program you've just heard, to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter and our New Dimensions and New Dimensions Cafe podcasts, and to access thousands of other programs in the New Dimensions archive, please visit our website, newdimensions.org. That's newdimensions.org. Or call us at 707-468-5215. That's 707-468-5215. Please join us next time as we explore New Dimensions.